Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach and to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. Jenny, what is our topic today? I got the homeschool blues. I got the homeschool blues. That's well, really right <laughs> That is our topic, Tina. That is the topic. Goes like this. So you're an official homeschooler. You signed the papers. You got yourself all signed up. Everybody in your new house, everybody in your new house, (laughs) everybody in your house has new notebooks, pencils, pens, pajamas, clothes, (laughs) basically every single pajamas. You guys don't need new clothes, but you know how it goes. You're excited. You have everything new. You've been to Walmart. It's fun, right? You get all the whole everything. And um, you ordered the curriculum. You got the box. Crafty craft. You bought box day. Box day. Oh, waiting for the box to come in the mail. You have all the yes, pictures, everything. You're so excited. Everything's good. You feel confident. You've looked at the curriculum online at least a thousand times, paging through, paging through. It comes in the mail. You're looking at it again. You're just so excited. And then, da na 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 na. You know what happens, you guys? It doesn't stay new. It just is sometimes doesn't. Now, what is the month we're in? January. We're we're talking at the very end of January. Yeah. This will probably air maybe April. But. Mm-hmm. Well, it airs April. That's springish. So yeah. by this time, you guys are really excited, and some of you are wrapping things up, getting ready for summer. But right now, in January. You might be ready to throw the math book right down the laundry chute. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. If Rachel were here, she'd say amen. All the kids would be saying amen. <laughs> throw it down there. But you guys, that's just it, isn't it? We put, we invest all of this research, uh-huh. right, into every single thing that we want to do homeschooling. We get, we look at at least 1,800 different curriculums. And that's only a third of the options. And that's just a third. We talk to all the friends. We were up all night long on the internet, scouring out everything. And it's just, it's so dreamy. And you have that homeschool space and the kids seem excited because it's contagious. And so you're infecting them with your excitement. Everybody's really happy. And and then you, you're going strong, right? You sit down. Everybody seems to be doing good. You're following all the lessons really well. It's all going good. You're doing lessons by the apple tree. This homeschooling thing is wonderful. You're going on field trips and grandma's house and all these things. And then it happens. The kids aren't that excited anymore. <laughs> and there starts to be tears. The lessons might be getting a little bit harder. The apple orchard's getting boring. They just might not want to do it. They might just want to check out. And you you are still, as the parent, kind of still excited and sad that everybody's losing their excitement. 
What do we do? Because you guys, that's a reality. That's what happens in homeschooling. We talk to so many moms and dads who come in here and, um, you know, we boost them up, give them what they need, help them right down to Tina sitting down, going through the curriculum options with them. And, and, and oftentimes, um, that, that whole picture seems like it's going to stay perfect like that. They have everything they need. They have the curriculum, the books, the whole everything. And then reality hits. Days don't go as planned. Yeah. Um, it's in, nearly impossible. That perfect curriculum that you thought was perfect, it turns out it's really not working. It's not working it, out. It might be okay, but it's not perfect, right? And we have these images like the, the curriculum catalog pictures yeah. or the website pictures. It's all these fake. Those are models. Those are not real families. Yeah. Um, or even all the books didn't come in the box. Did you right, have that one? Right. Yeah. Like we're using that book the first week and it's not supposed to be back ordered. So, so what do we, what happens when it's not perfect? We feel like we're failures, don't we? Mm. Because if we don't measure up to the picture perfect image, I mean, I'm, Unfortunately, there's some good in this, but unfortunately, the homeschool world is now, it's kind of corporate in a lot mm, of ways. It is. Right? It it's really an is, industry. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's the homeschool industry. industry. The blessing is that there are many curricular options, and so there's something for everybody. When we when people started in the early 1990s, late 1980s, there was really nothing, mm -hmm. right? So that was the bad side is they couldn't really customize for their kids. We can customize, but there's so many options. Yeah. And it's an industry. So there's marketing mm -hmm. and we see all the images on mm -hmm. Facebook for the companies and this and that. And we think if our family doesn't look like that, that we've screwed it up. That is exactly true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and then we really, not only through the, the, the curriculum providers, you know, with the image on the covers and everything, mm -hmm. but our friends, yeah, right. Our friends are using the same things. And you, you know, you guys, you're on the groups, you're on all those little chat groups, with all the moms who are doing all the perfect things with the watercolor curriculums and all the perfect everything. And it's, it seems to be going well for them, but for you, not so much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's so hard. And so you start to get the homeschool blues. You start to, you know, because you're trying so hard and you want it to go so well and you can't even understand where it went wrong and how could this curriculum have failed me? I think that's a thing too. And that's, we allow that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I don't, I, when that happened to me, I actually didn't think the curriculum failed me. I thought I had failed. Uh. Because the curriculum's the curriculum. Yeah, you know? that's true. And it knows what's right and yeah. I have to follow it. And even if I tweak it a little bit, why is it an abysmal yep. failure? That's right. What's wrong with me? And I think that's you what you are most, a slave. I think that's what most moms think because yeah. we feel like we need the structure of some outside authority giving us some guidance. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. But we we let the curriculum be our master, not yeah, a tool. That's right. And then we get controlled by it. You know what it is, is we have all these good intentions and how it is in our head. And we can, we can all attest to this from when you're sitting down at night, the, the children might be sleeping and you're planning, you know, you're making plans for the next day. And, um, 
it, it just looks so good on paper, doesn't it? And, and I would say that's the same thing with the catalog too. And just the whole curriculum, yeah. everything about it looks good. The paper smells really nice. If you're a book smeller like me, everything just <laughs> looks crisp and clean and good. And all the school supplies and just everything seems perfect. And especially when you're hanging out with other homeschool moms or you're coming to a parent resource center like this place and we're encouraging you and we're all excited and then you're kind of out there on your own and you're living it in, in real time. And it's not like that, you guys. It's, it's right. We get these images in our mind what it's going to be like and they're always perfect. Mm -hmm. And once again, we're slapped across the face with reality. There <laughs> is no perfect homeschooling anything because it's just parenting. It's just doing life. So the thing to remember is that you're not a failure Yeah. when things aren't perfect. Uh, no, you're not a failure when things aren't perfect. You're just regular. You're regular in a good way. You're regular yeah, but Sally Smith down the street, she's always, you know, she's posting her blog uh, post, you know, about her kids' amazing homeschool yes. activities. And I'm sitting there thinking, my cat just puked all over the couch. I don't have time to start a blog at all. I don't intend to read blogs, let alone write a blog. How is she doing that? How is she doing something wrong? Oh my wrong? goodness. And especially that taking pictures of the homeschool room. Mm -hmm. I was reading something, in fact, talking about reading from Sarah McKenzie today. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to bring it up so as not to quote her in a, a wrong way, but uh, this was exactly me. I titled this when I sent it to myself, Homeschool Mistakes. Mm. Because reality is, um, well, she said the title of this article is my biggest homeschooling mistake, overthinking methods and philosophies. Right. Now, this is and what she's talking about here is there are so many different ways to homeschool, isn't there? Yeah. You can grab onto the classical model and replicate that. Mm -hmm. You can grab onto the Charlotte Mason way of thinking and do that. Yeah. You can grab onto the... Um, the unschooling. Yeah. And actually I mean, think you have to replicate that if you get involved in those groups. Right. And, you know, heaven forbid, if you're trying to force learning wrong, if what? you're forcing your kids to sit down and listen to you, yeah. you're a, then you might call yourself a failure, right? right? Well, this whole thing, you guys, it's so great. This article that she wrote, um, because don't we all do that? We all try to overthink every single aspect and then do it to a T. Yep. Even unschool. <laughs> I told my kids not to do it. Such a failure. They should, they should be running free to themselves. Right? Hey, I've seen people like that in unschooling yeah. groups. They are just. Oh, yeah. And what's really sad is other people will get on their case and say, yes, you did fail. Oh, and I absolutely. Slap those people. If I could reach through my screen and slap those people, I would. But Yeah. And I'll tell you another thing. And especially, you know, how about, how about studying Charlotte Mason philosophies? Mm -hmm. Okay. So everybody, here's the reality. You do it how you do it. The Lord will lead you and guide you. Is, is Charlotte Mason here today to, you know, we do the best that we can. And the thing is, is it's okay. Let's not correct other people's ways. Right. What works for their family works for their family. And so we take a little bit of this and we take a little bit of that. And, but the, the best part of this whole thing Sarah's talking about is the fact that she's so focused on um, over overthinking methods and philosophies that her she wasn't even looking at her own children, right? And I can attest to that too. I'm so busy studying Charlotte Mason. I'm so busy studying the classical model of education that I, I 
how did Madeline and Noah actually learn? No idea because I might have said a book over here because everything's perfect in the book. But when you try to bring this home to apply it and that's not how your kids learn, you're destroying your freedom and their freedom to learn in the ways that God would have for them. Right. One of my uh, stories like that, because I had studied classical stuff. And then you said, that wasn't for me. <laughs> and then Tina okay. said, nope. <laughs> and it's not that it's bad. It's no. just that I knew yeah. that to be, to, to put my girls in a classical box and me, it wasn't going to work. Right. Absolutely. So that was good. I yeah. realized that. Doesn't mean that there aren't ideas in classical education that I didn't use. I did. Sure. Okay. Um, and I just like to give Jenny a hard time because she's such a, you know, big class. I'm such a classical person. I um, studied it and looked at it and researched it. So after that, I ended up, because I was all over the place for a few years, and I ended up getting into unit studies for a while. And there's a particular unit study company, and I'm not going to name it because it's got good stuff, but boy, it was kind of a nightmare for me. But it all started out so well. Mm. They have history-based unit studies and thematic-based unit studies, and I latched onto the one with horses. Because, okay, hello, at that time, I had a seven and eight-year-old girl, so this is what you do, right? right. And um, Abby was in love with horses and was very sure she wanted to live on a homestead and all these different things, and Rachel was just going along with it, and my husband knew a friend who had some horses, and so I'm like, we're going to do the unit study on horses. Well, here's the thing. They were like seven and eight years old. I get the whole package, I get all this stuff, and I start looking at it, and I'm like, good gracious, most of this stuff is for like 10 and above. Mm. What am I going to do? Yeah. So I spent hours every evening customizing, changing, adapting, all these different things. But it was hours and hours and hours. Mm. And then it was, you know, I was using the workbox system, which I really do love, but I had to put theme-related things, horse-related things into all the workboxes too, right? So I was exhausted every morning because I had been up till two in the morning organizing Mm. this stuff. And then I had to like be on for the girls. And then I had to do it all over again every single day. And now our culminating activity was phenomenal. We went out to our friend's house and we had a whole day where the girls learned how to clean out the stalls and curry the horses and ride the horses Mm -hmm. and all of that. But there was so much joy that I missed in the middle of it. It was first semester. Yeah. There was so much joy I missed in the middle of it because I was so tired Mm -hmm. from all the over planning. If I had planned less and enjoyed more, it would have overall been a good experience. Thankfully, after the one semester, and this particular curriculum, the person at the time in charge of the curriculum said, if you're not spending hours and hours planning, you're doing it wrong. <gasps> so that is, yeah. Um, thankfully, I woke up after that, and we only did that unit study. We didn't go back to that curriculum. Mm-hmm. But um, I felt so bad that whole time. You know, I'm tired of this, I'm that, I'm not good enough because I have only done 16 horse-related activities this week, not 22. It was hard. What a waste. I'm I'm actually looking at Tina right now, and I'm thinking to myself, can you just see the weight weighing you down as a mom? Just weighing you down. You can't even lift your head because you're ready to throw the towel in. You feel like a failure. You're not, you know... I should have just sat with them and read yeah. more sports. Exactly. I mean, why was I so consumed with the perfect right. activities? Yeah, I know. And here, here's another thing that I think is so difficult that you, you might struggle with and just makes you want to throw the towel in. 
is um, the complainer kids, right? It doesn't matter. There you are. And you're just living your homeschool joy life, mama. You know, so blessed that you get to be home with your beautiful children. And as you're filling that little notebook paper out of what you're going to do and your schedule and all of those things. And I don't know about you, but for me, I was, I had nice music and a candle and (laughs) I would usually be eating something. Everything was dreamy. The kids were sleeping and I just thought, Lord, oh, what a blessing of a life this is. This is just so, oh, Madeline is going to love this. I would be writing down what what they were going to do, what the schedule, oh, she's going to love this. Madeline is going to love, right? But then they won't go. And then the next day (laughs) we begin the day and, you know, here I spend all of my time, all of my energy, my dreamy thoughts and everything was perfect. And then no, could care less, not even appreciative. Madeline's a good girl, but sometimes she just, she didn't, she didn't like it as much as me, you guys. Okay. <laughs> well, that was so defeating mm-hmm. because then my go-to would be like, well, that's it. You know what? Forget it. I would feel like that. I would feel like that's it. You guys, I'm, then maybe we shouldn't homeschool. Isn't that a this terrible attitude? But that's how deflated a mom can get. Let's not kid ourselves. We all put on this perfect homeschool persona. But if we have even even the people that you see in the in the homeschooling industry, right? We're all just humans. And absolutely what happens is if we all had a secret little camera that we could view the inside of everybody's house, you would see an argument, you would see a fight, you would see a defeated mom, which then turns into a not so happy dad coming home (laughs) from work. We just spent millions on that one curriculum. Oh my goodness. And not millions. Not millions, just kidding. (laughs) Hundreds, Hundreds, maybe. Which feels like a lot. It really does. But yeah, we all have the days and... And then I don't know about where you guys all are, probably not here in Wisconsin like us, where it's gray and dark the majority of the day. You wake up, it's dark, it's dark by three o'clock, it's it's gray, it's cold. We don't live in Alaska, it's not quite. It's almost Alaska, you guys. And here's the thing. I saw this meme that said, um, only in Wisconsin, living somewhere where you know it's colder outside than it is in your freezer. That's about the reality of where we're at today. But that makes for a hard homeschool day. When you're already having those internal battles inside your house, I mean, yeah, or that is internally. true because if you have friends in the southern states, wherever I do, and I did when I grew up yeah. homeschooling, it's like you know you, you go look at their Facebook or something, and they're in Florida. I know. So so they're outside. They're doing their in, ocean lap in February and that kind of thing, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in the frozen tundra. What am I going to do? <laughs> yeah. So we can see our breath, and the yeah. only thing we can do is that bucket thing where you bring it outside and kids watch. We're gonna throw the water up in the air, and then it freezes and turns to snow. <laughs> you guys, we're done with that. Okay, we just we want summer again. But don't let those things get you down. It does turn into a slump. But here's what I found: just take a break. It's a well-needed, well-deserved break. <laughs> if you're to your wit's end because you've been playing the comparison game with yourself compared to your other homeschool moms and co-ops or anything. Well, and it's the image of those other co-ops. We all yeah. do it. And you know what? I was going to say, to some extent, I understand why, right? Yeah. Because as homeschool moms, first of all, moms always have mom guilt. And then you add the homeschool mom thing, right? Oh my goodness. Um, and we know, even though it's stupid and annoying, that there are still the naysayers out there. You know, oh, yeah. how dare you have a bad day? Just put the kids in school if you're going to have a bad day. And so I think we feel this pressure to put on the perfect image 
Yeah. For the world. Yep. I understand it, but that's too much pressure on us. And we need to find, you know, there are different solutions to this, right? I yes. think at least one of the solutions to this whole dilemma is finding a homeschool friend that is like-minded that you can vent to yeah. and say, I am having a bad day, are you? hundred <laughs> percent. You know, because you need to have a safe person. Yeah. And maybe that's your spouse. Hopefully it's your spouse. And, gonna, and he's not going to say, let's put the kids in school if you're having a bad day. But if it isn't, you need to find another homeschool mama that you can actually be real with. Because you can't be real with everybody. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, it's not okay. It's a reality, right? So we have to be able to find somebody we can be real with. Which is why here at The Loft, we we have times where moms come. Yep. And we just all hang out, you know? But we even said, and we said this on the podcast, that yeah. we've told moms, if you need to just come in, we have very comfortable, cozy furniture, and you just need to sit and relax and have some coffee and read a magazine and not even talk to us, we will let you. Yeah. When I when I was reading this article by Sarah uh, McKenzie today, mm-hmm. it, it just couldn't have been more perfect timing. Christine and I knew we were going to talk about this particular topic already. And um, I'm just going to read a a quick little blurb, you guys, because you are going to relate. And I don't want you to miss it. So just listen to this and then smile, okay? Because you're not alone. And it goes like this. She says, um, we've made a lot of mistakes in the last decade of homeschooling my kids. I think my biggest so far is this, overthinking educational philosophies and methods. You know how many ways there are to homeschool, right? And how many books there are on each and every method? I've probably read almost all of them, really. That's not an overstatement. And that, my friends, is a mistake. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for self-education, but there's such a thing as overdoing it. I overdid it big time. Part of my mistake was not just the reading of the educational philosophy, because that in itself is not such a bad thing. The mistake was in being easily swayed by so-called educational experts. Listen to this, you guys. This is These are the words of Sarah McKenzie, not, not Jenny Spencer. For a while there, I was unable to read a book on any method without feeling like I needed to change something in our homeschooling, even if everything was going fine. I neglected to do what worked and followed my instincts in favor of following a particular model or educational pioneer. I would pick up an unschooling book and become overwhelmed with guilt that I might be coercing my children into <laughs> learning something they probably didn't need to know. I would read Charlotte Mason and think I should be spending hours in the out of doors every day, regardless of the crummy weather. I'd read something classical and decide I was doing my kids a giant disservice by failing to introduce them to Latin declensions. The Moors told me I was likely teaching my kids to read too early. The well-trained mind said I was too late. The Waldorf folks told me computer-based learning should be avoided at all costs and that workbooks were dull and useless. But now I'm going to say this wrong because I'm not familiar with it, but the Reggio, Reggio, Reggio. The Reggio proponents, who had admittedly had me smitten for a good long while, encouraged me to follow my children's interests and let them steer the curriculum. Those are words of, like I said, Sarah McKenzie on this article from the Reader Loud Revival, uh, my biggest homeschooling mistake, overthinking methods and philosophies. You guys, and oh my goodness, I don't know why it's dated in November 2011, but here's the reality. It is that kind of thinking that weighs us down constantly because you, you feel like a failure. That's really the end of the story. You, you're never going to be able to do it perfect. Right. You spend so much time focusing on being perfect that you're missing your children. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not looking at them. Jane Erickson in her book, mm-hmm. made that, the Homeschool Bravely, made such a great comparison about the dice 
and um, keep your eyes on your own dice. Keep your eyes on your own dice, your children, and stop <laughs> looking. You'll have to read the book to know what we're talking about, but stop looking at what everybody else is doing. Because nine times out of 10, right, that maybe your kids are whining and it's a bad day and they're complaining because they're in a spot where it's just not working out. Mm-hmm. You might need to change what you're doing. You might need to just put everything down and just be with them. Yep. That's what I would say. Yeah, because sometimes it's just a day that bookwork needs to be set aside. And yeah. that's a beauty of homeschooling. It's not lazy Mm-mm. to say, okay, nothing's getting into my precious little one's heads today to begin with. So yeah, we need to just stop this. It's right? like, there's a meme about that. It's yeah. like throwing marshmallows. Unless you have a child who decides they want to learn, mm-hmm. you forcing it on them is as, as good as throwing marshmallows at their head and calling <laughs> it learning or something. I don't know. That means well, something like that. And, and sometimes just changing things up just a little bit, even for one day, makes all the difference. Um, my girls, so I mentioned that I used for many years, and I, I actually do recommend it, Sue Patrick's Workbox system. It's, yeah. a, it's a hands-on, visible system that really helps with organization if you have lots of kids. I only had two uh, children I was homeschooling, but I had some daycare kids that I was babysitting at the time. So there were five to six little kids in my house yeah. at any given time. But even just for the two, it helps your kids become self-directed learners, all that thing. So I really recommend it. Um, and so I have these... Um, this rack of shoe boxes, plastic shoe boxes out with the work box tasks mm-hmm. and all of that. And it was really working well, but we did have those days, right? And even in the winter. So my girls like to play outside in the winter. I don't know if your kids did, but the girls did. Yeah. I didn't want to be out there, but they did. Right. Yeah. And so um, a lot of times in the morning, you'd be like, go out and play for a little sure. while and then we'll start the book work. Well, there were multiple days and the girls for a while didn't catch on to this. They were out there playing so well. And the little girls I was babysitting for, they were out there. Everybody was getting along so well and beautifully. And I was like, I got to call them in. We got to start school. And I just didn't have the heart to do it Mm. because they were playing. They were enjoying themselves. And so what I did sometimes was a few of the boxes on the rack would just disappear. Mm. And all of a sudden there were only like five boxes instead of eight. And they'd come in, you know, because they were cold or whatever. And they'd be like, well, what happened to the other boxes? Well, they just disappeared. I don't know. I guess you don't have to do them today. And then sometimes the entire rack disappeared when they were outside. Clever. I'll tell you what. Sometimes that was just because I was tired and they were having a good time. And I was like, I think we're just going to have a day off today. But it reset the tone. Yeah. Just to have a day where it was the unexpected. Yeah. They didn't expect me to give them a day off. And then the next day, it was so much better. Yeah. Just that one little yeah. thing. Just a little thing. Even for you. I mean, yeah, it just yeah. made all And the for difference. them to think that, yeah. you know, because I would say, I don't know what happened to the boxes. They just disappeared. Yeah. You know, and at first I think they thought they were pulling one over on me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and there are so many different little tricks. What is that? Now, I'm not going to get the word as T was talking. I was trying to think of this word. And you guys all know it, especially you Charlotte Masoners out there, but I'm forgetting the word. <laughs> Um, but you know how it goes when you want your children to be interested because nine times out of 10, especially when they're a little bit older and you, you want to introduce a certain book to them. So like I said, you're super excited about it and then not so much. And then you're (laughs) defeated because they're not as excited about that new science book that you, Mm -hmm. right. So, um, strewing, strewing, yes, I love it. Oh, it's, it's an unscathed. I don't think Charlotte would strew. 
Sorry, guys. You got it on the record. I made a big mistake. Okay, it's not Charlotte Mason. Guess what? It's okay. It's totally okay. You see, proof of the pudding. Yes. Well, here's what you do. And it works. I mean, if I did this so often, let's say there's something you want your children. Yeah, you're right. This would be total unschooling. Mm -hmm. You want your children to be interested. You know, you're, you're trying to spark some interest in them. And so maybe if you go at them with a science book, you know, the idea behind that is, nope, they're not going to like it. But let's say you gather some sciencey type things or a certain book of some sort that you want them to look at. Don't tell them about it. Don't show it to them. Just set it down. Set it down somewhere where they might just stumble upon it, pick it up and say, oh, I wonder what this magazine is. Mm-hmm. Look at these beautiful animals. Mom, did you see this uh, sloth? That's <laughs> the only animal I could think of. And that's because Abby was showing us a picture of the sloth. Yes. Yeah. And so the children will stumble upon it, quote unquote, stumble upon it. And that might spark their interest. That's a good way of doing things. It is. Yeah. And, you know, some people who are really into unschooling, that's what they do all the time. It doesn't work for every single child because some kids just walk right by that and do what they want to do. But it's worth trying. Right. It is. It is worth trying. Just put some stuff out there and see what sticks. Exactly. That's okay. I mean, just think you could put anything out there. You could put an acorn out there, you guys. And I can promise you, if they're going to the bathroom and there's an acorn on the bathtub right there somewhere in the room, they're going to pick it up and boom, you can start talking acorn science things. It's that easy. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding, but I'm not really kidding. What else, Tina? What, what are some other? Well, what are some other ways that we can encourage these moms that it's okay when they're having a slump? Yeah. You, I think... Maybe sometimes we take the Lord out of that picture. Mm-hmm. I think when we get into that mindset, we actually believe that we're the ones causing, right? Remember that you've been called mm-hmm. to homeschool your children. Mm-hmm. And so it's not all of your doing. You've been called to it. God has a lot of trust that you're going to be successful. And that's why he called you to it. He has a lot of faith in you. You're not doing it by accident. No, it's not. It's not by an accident. And so I think that when we just, and I know this sounds so easy and it's not, but when you just stop and you say, you know what, like Tina said, I trust the Lord that when we take a break today, my kids aren't going to be behind. And remember, there's nothing to be behind. You're not going to be behind. Exactly. (laughs) There's no, you're not behind anything. So I think when we try to force things all the time, well, you're doing nothing more than replicating exactly why you took your kids out of school Mm -hmm. to begin with. Mm -hmm. And so keeping the Lord in the center of it all is critical. You have to remind yourself that God has a purpose and a plan. And when he's in the middle, it's going to be okay to take a break. Even if it's take a break and just sit down and, you know, Tell them about the Lord. Tell them, tell them something about God. You know, I think you're absolutely right, Jenny. Um, and I remember back to the, you know, in the midst of the busyness with the little kids and everything like that. Sometimes it feels like the last thing you can do is take some time to read the Bible or pray. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly the thing we need to prioritize. That's exactly mom's thing that you need to prioritize. Mm-hmm. And you're, even if it's five minutes you know, find a devotional that you can read yeah. in five minutes. My friend Bobby Howard wrote a devotional today. I can't remember the name of it, Bobby. I'm so sorry. We're gonna we'll put it in the, the notes. Yeah. It's a devotional for homeschool moms. 
And she was a homeschool pioneer. She's a grandma now. And actually some of her grandchildren are old enough to be having children. And so we're talking third generation of starting to you know, consider homeschooling. Yeah. And she wrote this devotional and they're one pagers. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. Then you might think, well, that's not enough. I need to study a whole thing. And mm-hmm. I need to do an entire K Arthur study in order to. <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> that the truth. See, you right know? away. We right. right down to we that. Need, I think we, you need to purpose. Yeah. To be in the world. You do. Every day. Yeah. But and in just a few minutes. Right. Do it for a few minutes. And then I saw a meme the other day, something about, uh, it was from one of the early, early church fathers, like in 500 something, whatever. Yeah. The idea was, you know, there's a verse that says, pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, how do, how do we do that? Yeah. You know? it's, we can't just close our eyes and kneel by the bed all the time. We have children and we have lives yeah. and whatever, whatever. But it's the idea of aligning your mind as much as possible yeah. with Christ. That's so great. Right? And if you're in the yeah. Word every day, that's going to be more the case. And it's okay to just stop in the middle of whatever yeah. and say, Lord, help. That's yeah. all you have to say. Yeah, because what you've done then is elevated the this you know homeschooling. You've you've idolized yeah. this the your your homeschool, your when teaching you method. Right, exactly. Yeah. And the truth is, is you know, God is the priority. And so when you get into these slumps and you have these problems, set your books aside. Yeah. Can you imagine this image? Go ahead and say, you know, it even doesn't need to be, come on, kids, let's sit down, because some of them might balk at that, right? Not all kids like to do the sitting down thing. But that's okay. Go inside, talk about God. Mm-hmm. How? How do I talk about God? Well, they don't need to know, but you can go outside and, and just look. Look all around you. Tell them a story. Do walk down the way. Take a walk and just say, you know, it doesn't have to be so cut and dry. Tell them about how God changed your life in a way. Tell them about how he called you to homeschool. And so even though today was a hard day, you are trusting God and and take it from there. Because it's really, when we have the homeschool blues and we stay stuck in that, Mm -hmm. I think it's because our homeschooling has become an idol. So So much so. It's so easy. It's like black and white turned gray because you want to do a good job and we need to be intentional about lesson planning and all these things. Mm -hmm. But what we can't do is think that it's, it's all us. Yeah. And that God, you know, if he's not at the center of it, if you're so worried that you're doing things not perfectly, if you're so worried that you can't even stop to take a break because your children are behind, well, then I would say your homeschool has become your idol. And you need to step back. And I know it's hard to hear, but I've said it on here before. When the Lord spoke to me when I was driving out of the alley, he said, Jenny, stop worshiping the children. Mm-hmm. And of course, I reasoned with myself, well, that wasn't good. That was just me saying that. Because I was staying up for hours and hours, you know, planning things out. Because I loved it. I, I love to do it. And, um, but but again, should that I've been, when I, you know, staying up all night long, not spending time with Joel yeah. or not? No, it becomes an idol and we need to put it back into its place, you know? And we can't, you know, people are like, oh, I'm so far gone. I can't. No, you can't. You can make an intentional choice to say, I'm giving the first five minutes of my morning after I grab that cup of coffee to the Lord. Yeah. Right. And maybe he will bless you some days where you actually get 10 before the little buggers mm. wake up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's so true. But you have to make a choice yep. to prioritize him no matter how short of a time. He doesn't care about the time. He cares about your attitude Amen. and your, your desire to be oriented toward him each day. 
I agree. You can do it. Yeah, you can do it. And we are living testimonies of it. Well, I don't know where you at where you are at in your day, whether you're just beginning and maybe it's your morning, maybe it's your evening or the afternoon and the kiddos are sleeping, but I want to just encourage you, Tina and I would love to, to, that you take away this one thing. And that is that you are enough because God is enough. You're not enough by yourself. God is enough. And so I hope that you aren't so discouraged that you've actually considered stepping away from the homeschooling life that God has so gifted you and called you to. I hope that you can take a breath, a deep breath, and then go about your day the rest of the day or else lay your head down on your pillow and start fresh. Put God back into the center where he ought to be. And then just move forward. No looking back. You are enough because God is enough. (laughs) 